0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for being back. If you're back with us, uh, as always, before we get started, make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. You know, uh, hit the share button. Take that, share it on your Twitter. Share it on your Facebook. Let people know what we got going on over here. It is uh, coming to you. It's the late hours on Saturday. It's early Sunday, I guess. I've been at the um, goddamn comedy club. I've been working all day. And I'll tell you what, man. The shows have been okay. Honestly, it's a lie. The show's been horrible. It's I do think that kind of happens in comedy is that these people do shows and they're not comics. They're just like online personalities. And the guy we got right now is just like an abrasive, like a fucking... I mean, I think he said the N-word on stage tonight. I think I heard him say hard R on stage. Other people thought they heard him say it too. I think he might have flubbed the word haters... And then he threw down an N word because I was in the kitchen. I was eating tater tots, and I was wasn't listening to the show. I was I had seen, I had seen probably five of these shows already. Been around for it at least. There's a lot of times I was eating tater tots to get out of the show. Let's be real. Um, so I was in the back. I'm fucking throwing down tater tots, and I hear just I'm not listening. I'm thinking. I'm like staring off. I'm thinking, and I thought I just heard the N word from the guy that was on the stage. And, I was, and immediately I go I don't even say it to anybody Don't bring it up I just let it go immediately Because I was like I mean there's absolutely no way That's a thing that you would think Would happen And would not be nice But would be hilarious Let's be real If a guy like that slipped up And said that on stage And like ruined his career The fact that I was there for it Would be a Chef's kiss I mean unbelievable So this guy so I heard him say it. I thought I heard him say it. And I was like, whatever, finish some tots. I walk through, and I go into the front of the building, and there's people up there, and they're talking about the guy on the stage having said the N-word on stage. And they weren't sure either. I was like, are you guys talking about, did he say that what I thought? I was like, I thought he said that. And they were like, yeah, we thought he said it to a couple of us. And some of them didn't think he said it. Some of them didn't hear it all. And I think that we decided that he didn't say it. I mean, who? What? What? I think though is that he may. And I wasn't in there. Some people were right there listening to it, watching it, and they were like, "I sounded like he just was trying to say a different word, and he messed up, and he said, and and I won't even say the phrase. I won't even say it because it's <laughs> fucking crazy, dude." Anyway, that's how my night's been going. If you're watching the podcast, you'll notice we got a, a, a better video quality than before. We want to shout out to uh, my roommate, Kane and Wichard. He's got a new podcast that's going to be launching soon. We're kind of uh, collaborating on podcast equipment now. So he's got some cameras. We got new microphones. If you're watching the podcast, if you're hearing, maybe it, it sounds different. Maybe it's not, hopefully, it sounds better. We've got the official last podcast gear now for the official podcast. So, um,. Yeah, dude. I don't know. We've been dealing with the with the racist internet, folks. I'll tell you what is crazy about uh, folks. It's not racism. I should not say I wasn't experiencing racism, in total, in really at all. Transphobia, sure. Uh, anti-vaccination, sure. Anti-mask, sure. Uh, COVID conspiracy, you know, sure. Racism—I didn't. That was the only thing that I would have encountered. There was actually an African American opener, Brad Sativa, a very funny gentleman, <laughs> and he's uh dude, He was crushing this weekend. He was coming out on stage. The first sh- show he did, or maybe two shows, he didn't say this, but then he started coming out on stage. And he was going, uh, you know, saying hello or whatever, and then he'd be like, he asked him to be nice to him because this is his first Trump rally, and it would crush every time they laughed. And both of the the host and the feature were kind of going at the uh, the audience a little bit. They were kind of making fun of them for, like, how they are. Like, like Brad's jokes aren't geared toward doing that. He's just doing his jokes. And he would only maybe get off some lines that he came up with over the weekend. But the other guy was, um, he, it seemed like his whole act was he's an L.A. guy. And he was all, all, everything was about COVID. But it was like he was playing a character of a guy that was getting fake upset at the, uh like uh, the things that people get upset about and he's like saying it they're laughing and cheering and he's just like fucking with them they're like the audience people that are a fan of a comic that's like an internet person they know you from the internet only like watching your youtube content and you're like a youtuber you're not like a comic like like joe rogan's a guy a lot of people know from the internet or from his podcast but he's a comedian like there are people that come up from the internet just as like content makers they make videos they play characters they don't know anything about stand-up comedy so th- but then they parlay that internet success into being in clubs and uh it's mostly bad <laughs> it's mostly i don't know there's hardly anybody that i've seen that came from the internet and is hilarious like as a stand-up there are people i've seen where i was like hmm Okay, you're like, a, there are definitely comics I've seen in this club that are worse than you. And it's like they, the, the bar for those people, they come in and they just do well. And I'm like, oh, they had some jokes and they weren't bombing their dick off. They're being weird, talking about weird shit. Like, if they don't do that, I'm like, dude, they're kind of pretty good, huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> this looks such a sad like that's the measure for their career for like every club they go to. It's got to be exactly the same because there's guys that come in like a, like good, great comics all the time and people that you don't expect to meet people that you'd never seen before. And they're happy to be there doing a guest spot travel with the, the headliner uh, or it's a new headliner. You haven't seen, you're just seeing people crush and do well pretty often. So when somebody comes in and they're like, you know, I wrote this fucking sketch about, you know, my dick on the internet. It's not very funny. So people don't really like... Uh, I mean, those the people that are their fans that leave the show oftentimes are like, he wasn't very good or, or she wasn't very good. And the, they'll be like, you hear him go like, the feature act was better. The host was better. I enjoyed the first part of the show more than... And they even knew the person. So, like, they came to see them, paid money to see them, arranged their fucking night, got tickets to see them. And then they're like, oh, the two guys, I had no idea who they were. I enjoy that much more. And that means they're not going to pay for tickets to come back to see that headliner again. So it's kind of like a lot of YouTubers, they capitalize on their market of, like, being able to, like, sell tickets to a comedy show. But then when the people that are willing to buy the tickets come to the show they are disappointed and they don't want to come back or they've seen something better. They saw the features are better. There's probably better comedy. A lot of folks that come to those shows at the club, they've never been to a comedy club at all. Cause they're not standup comedy fans. They're YouTube fans. So that's really interesting. Like that, you know, the people kind of blow their career in, unless you have a career where it's like, so you come to Nashville this year and you sell out the club for two shows. And then most of the people leave kind of not, didn't enjoy you as much. The next year you come back, if you didn't blow up enough, or maybe say Nashville, you could have sold more tickets, but you didn't. People didn't get tickets to the show because they were sold out. Maybe if you do more shows the next year. If you're able to do more shows the next year, that's like obviously the better sign. But if it's like same thing, two shows didn't sell out and sold like three quarters or half the room on the late show or something, that's like not good for because it's like oh you're losing your clientele like you're losing your people in the market that are coming to see you in nashville and houston and wherever you go so that's what a lot of these comic uh, these youtubers get they do the comedy club and then a lot of people that are their fans see them everyone in every city that wants to pay tickets to see them will see them they don't enjoy it the next year they don't get as much success and what that turns into is the people that did pay to come out to see them they probably become they become less fond of your content online so, like, now your YouTube channel, you're kind of phasing out yourself. They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. There, there are people that I know that uh, have successful YouTube pages for things that aren't comedy, and they, like, will not use them to promote their stand-up because they're smart, and they're concerned with, like, I actually want to be a good stand-up, and I'm not going to, like, blow it by getting gigs now, not being able to support it, being out of my depth. They, like, want to become a good comic, and then be a fucking good comic. And that's what... um. Who knows what's better, honestly, because you're talking about money. There's an opinion that I've been playing with lately of there's like comics that I like a lot that I love that they start getting success in the way they start marketing themselves, the way they produce their content, how much content they produce. And that kind of dictates the subject matter, the kind of current events they talk about. They start talking about what everybody else is talking about. And it kind of loses its edge and just becomes like a money-making machine instead of like fun. Like that's like podcasts and and, and certain comics for me. And the reason they escalate all their content and do that is because they create a big market for themselves. And who knows? What, it, that might go away whether or not you are better as a comic. It might just be like you're hot now and then you're not hot. Like it, not everybody stays hot, maintains their their. Market when they go to a city So there's an argument You can make that's If you could sell the tickets Sell them now And get the money now And if you can have like a hot couple of years And you build up a bunch of money Then you can live comfortably and Or worry about getting better Or working on what you want to work on later But if you just try to If you don't If you get hot and you don't Take advantage of your opportunities or something Then uh, Then that's going to be it You're, If you if you get hot for like a day, you go viral and you don't capitalize and sell a bunch of tickets or try to do something with it, like stay on in people's eyes, you will lose it anyway. So it's just like you'll have to work. You know, you got that one thing and it's like, well, I'm just gonna keep working to get what. So it is kinda of, when you think about it, if you were in the position, what would you do? I don't know. You'd like to think you're somebody that's like a great comic, some like virtuoso or like a prolific something, but 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 most people are not. So that's why most people uh uh, i don't know do fucking some dumbass stupid job <laughs> dude i gotta work on not being condescending towards a lot of things i i was having a conversation with somebody the other day about um we like hanging out around comedy and around comics and it, it's so exciting and it's fun it's entertaining and um we kind of judge other people for like not having as much fun. Or living shit. It's like that scene in Goodfellas. In Goodfellas when they're like. You know other people. They were suckers. They had no balls. We saw something we wanted. We went and got it. It's like. It's not like that. But it's like. Like I I think about other people. I'm like man imagine. If I was like sitting. If I went to work all day. Starting in the morning. And then I fucking went home. My day's over at five. And it's like I have to be in bed. By the next four hours. It's like It's like nine ten o'clock. It's like. You know, that's when my day is kind of like, I'm like middle of the day. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, that's like a, it's not just about the hours, but it's just like hanging out with comics is the most fun or the funniest, the most fun people. It, it's just like a good time. And it's not, a, I mean, when I talk about it out loud, a lot of the time you're just thinking about it. But when you talk about it out loud, it does sound ridiculous, but I'll just be like, you know, other people are like living lives like suckers. It feels like comedy is like the funnest thing, the coolest thing to be around. But I don't know, man. I got to work on, uh, like, not being judgmental about other people's, how other people are living their lives. Who fucking gives a shit? I mean, if they're not living in comedy, more comedy for me. Fuck it. But I'm, uh, I am, I got my stimulus check this week. I finally got the 1400, baby. So I'm stacked up. I'm uh, starting to take jujitsu classes on Monday. So I'm going to get ripped, probably letting, like, College-age women choke me unconscious because I'm a, I am don't know martial arts, which could be cool. So we're going to see what that's like. I got a gi, dude. I got, like, a karate gi, and I'm going to go out there and learn how to armbar somebody or choke somebody. Probably just get choked or armbar myself. Probably hurt myself. I have prescription uh, lenses, and I did jujitsu class once, and it proved pretty difficult to... Uh, Navigate the fundamentals class without my glasses the guy would be demonstrating showing moves and i'd be like i cannot tell what's going on so i have to like run off the mat i grab my glasses i watch for a minute by the way i have a glasses appointment i'm getting new glasses next week too stacked up with a stimulus but i get my glasses i'm watching the the shit and then i have to run put my glasses back in like my shoes run back with my partner and we work on the open guard face down armbar. bar and that was one class. So, I'm kind of looking forward to maybe getting like addicted to the jiu-jitsu thing because it's uh I kind of have unlimited access to all the classes with the with the membership, so I'm going to uh, go to early classes hopefully. Well, not the early ones. The, the 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 midday classes are 11 to 12 hour long fundamentals classes like 5 days a week. And in the mornings, they got six to seven or some shit like that, which is, like, crazy early. But I might still be up at some of those times. I might roll in there after, you know, go do jujitsu and then just come home and go to sleep. How about that, bitch? How about that with some martial arts on your ass? But that's going to be a lot of fun, man. I don't know. I've been looking forward to doing it for a long time. But that shit is expensive. You got to pay, like, 200 It's 200 a month, baby. 200 a month. That turns into—I'm not so good at math, but that's, like, um, you know— two thousand four hundred dollars a month or a year so i mean that is quite a bit of money but it's it's worth it dude to, to get the like i'm looking forward to like getting obsessed with something because i did it one one time one class and it was like the most fun i've ever had it was so much fun and you see this fucking microphone dude But now it's like uh, getting the opportunity to go there all the time and get like obsessed with like a martial art and something that's going to like benefit me physically, benefit me in like a self-defense standpoint. And uh, because everybody be about like carrying guns and I've been thinking, I got my stimulus, dude. Why don't I buy guns? And I kind of almost, I do want to buy guns. Can I tell you the truth? I do want to buy a gun. And I don't want to carry a gun. I don't want to like walk around with a gun. But, if society fails, <laughs> I want a gun dude. That's kind of my whole deal. I could take the gun and just like bury it or put it in a safe or just clean it periodically, just make it test it to make sure it's gonna work. But I don't really want a gun to be like hanging out with a gun. It kind of freaks me out to be real like I went to a I went to a shooting range one time. This is how crazy the South is with guns to be if people from not the South hear this honestly people from anywhere gun people they probably would be shocked at this i went to a range in nashville and the way i like to do shit before i do it i do a lot of research like i was thinking about buying a handgun so i knew exactly the kind of handgun i wanted to buy i knew when i went up to the guy what to say to make it sound like i knew about the gun to make sure i knew about the ammo i didn't want to look like an idiot so i looked up a bunch of shit online i fucking practiced thinking about it so i went in and i told the guy i said hey I haven't shot a handgun, maybe ever, and I haven't shot a firearm at all since I was like a like thirteen. But I want to try out this M and P nine millimeter second generation. You know, do you guys have one? I went, you know, I think I got like a hundred fifty rounds of nine millimeter ammunition. And he was like, "Yeah, dude, that's cool." So he got the fucking handgun, he got the ammo, he put it in a little like Tupperware thing I can carry with a handle, and he was like, "Here you go." And he just let me go. And I was so like weirded out, intimidated by it, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go in here and shoot this gun by myself without anybody telling me what to do. So I take my shit. I, when you walk in, you have to get headphones, like like noise-canceling headphones. I get my shit, and I you have to walk through one door. They buzz you in, and then they see you in this like little holding room, and then they buzz you into another room. So what the guy told me before I went in, he said the first range when you walk in, is being cleaned. There's a guy out there with a fucking vacuum cleaner vacuuming up shells and bullets and shit. He says, what you're going to do, you walk straight through, there's another range through that door, I'll buzz you through that door, third door, and you can go in. So this is what I do. I walk, I get my headphones, buzz through the first door, buzz through the second door, walk past the vacuum guy, and now when I open this the last door, What I see is probably, like, four teenagers, like, it's two couples, and they're, like, young kids wearing, like, Supreme and, like, dangly earrings. They do not look like they belong in a gun. They look like they came from the mall, and they're in there, like, shooting. But what I see is one of them holding a gun I know from Call of Duty. as It's an automatic shotgun. and And I was actually right. From a video game, I assessed that. I was like, that's the fucking AA-12, dude. And I don't know if that's what it's called in real life. But when I open the door, they're about to start shooting this super loud gun. I'm in an enclosed inside range. And I'm holding the earmuffs in my hand. They're not on my fucking head. I'm holding the plastic shit with the gun in it in one hand. I'm holding the earmuffs in the other hand. I'm about to get my ears blown out for sure there's nowhere to put the shit down I like went into a panic I did get the earmuffs on before this shot but right as they were doing it and it like you can feel the concussive force like in your body when you shoot a gun like that inside so immediately I was like shaking like a like a like a dog with the fireworks I was like I like my body I wasn't even like consciously that freaked out it just was such a crazy like it, the, the, the feeling of the gunfire I was like fucking shaking so I went over, he gave me a booth thing. I went over to the fucking booth and I just start trying to put the ammo in the magazine. It's luckily some fucking guy saw me and he comes up and he asked me if I knew what I was doing. I was like, bro, I have no idea what's going on. They just let me come in here. <laughs> I told him, I broke down immediately. I was like, dude, I have no idea what's going on. This is freaking me out. The guy gave me the gun. I don't know what's going on. I'm in here, I loaded the magazine backwards put the ammunition backwards into the magazine i'm trying to put it in the in the handgun it's backwards forwards magazine backwards bullets so the guy gets me set up whatever and he i knew that you just pull you don't like you don't like crank the shit out of it you know so like pull the trigger you know so I am st- I pulled it, I, it goes off It's like a bomb explodes in your hands It feels crazy at first But then I went and shot like 150, 200 rounds of ammunition It felt pretty good by the end I did shoot the top of the target thing The metal thing that they tell you That they'll charge you hundreds of dollars or whatever Which I think at the time I was being like a dummy I spent like some of the last money I had <laughs> To go and shoot this gun Like I'm thinking about buying guns I had like zero dollars I think I got my tax return like right after that though. So I was thinking about putting that tax return, but I do what I do with all my tax returns. I spend it on hoodies and jeans at the mall. Go buy new shoes, go buy new socks, hoodies and jeans. That's how I spend my money. I'll buy shirts that I'll never wear in public anywhere and I'm I I used to never be somebody like that, but now my closet is starting to get more and more full of like crew neck, long sleeve type shirts that I'm never going to wear to any occasion at all. Cuz I'm either just wearing these clothes or I have to dress nicer than this and the crew neck is not going to do. And if I'm going to court, definitely not wearing a sweater, wearing the suit. So, <laughs> there's a lot of occasions I'll just skip right to the suit. I'm not even I I won't play. And I think I'm I'm going to a wedding soon, and I think I'm going to use some of the stimulus to buy a a new suit. I would like to track in this podcast how many things I said I'm going to spend the stimulus on. What is it? Jiu-jitsu classes, I'm going to get glasses, I bought a new phone. I'm going to, what am I investing in Bitcoin again? Am I going to put it all in Bitcoin? How much money is the 1400 How much a dollar costs? Anyway, man, that's what's been going on lately. But, um, oh, dude, I did want to tell you this since we're talking about comedy club stuff. I was, uh, I think it was the same. No, it wasn't the same guy. It was some other girl. This girl, she's like, uh, her, it was her first time ever doing comedy ever and she was headlining the club and she had she originally sold out she was like selling a bunch of tickets so they added a second show she was gonna do two full hours of comedy on her first night ever doing a comedy show which is like the most insane thing I've ever heard and I was like I was shocked when she I was asking people like is this the first time? no one was telling me anything or they just didn't know nobody knew it's not like they were, like, misleading me, <laughs> but uh, nobody knew. So she said it on stage that she'd never done a comedy show before. She obviously, I guess, done music stuff, like, played, played around, because she has songs that people know about. And there was these, uh, so what was interesting about the show, normally to start a comedy show, you would come on the announcements, and you would say, you'd go, hey, everybody, <laughs> we're, uh, We'll just give you the rundown. You don't use your phone inside, and don't yell out and talk during the show, and and and, uh, and don't smoke inside, and that's essentially it. We didn't really get to do that because her opener was a DJ, and when you start a show, right? I was I was playing music the whole time. I'm playing the Almond Brothers band or something, you know? Josh Turner, why don't we just dance? It's a big favorite of mine with the Country Whites. I have a playlist called Country Whites on Spotify, uh, which I may make available. So, uh, I'm playing Country Whites, and then we start the show, normally where I would go, hey everybody, what's going on? And we're not, no phones, and we're not smoking, and don't talk or yell out. We were just gonna go into a DJ set. So how am I gonna go, hey everybody? Welcome, and don't use your phones during the DJ set, and don't talk during the DJ set, and don't yell out or holler during the DJ set, please. When the guy's gonna ask you to yell out and holler and stuff. And he played music for like 30 minutes. So I didn't do any announcements. It would've been weird. So when she came out on stage, they yelled out a lot. (laughs) And nobody smoked. And they didn't care if they, the people didn't care if they were on their phones. They kind of wanted them to use their phones. So she got heckled horribly. And she didn't know how to deal with hecklers or what that was about. She's like nice, a nice person. And she's probably used to like hearing, listening to people. So she let these people yell out and continually interrupt her. And she would have these long pauses where she was just listening to them talk. And so you couldn't hear them over the microphone And so a lot of people all over the building They couldn't hear anything that was happening For like, And she would Not only did she do an hour Which we thought, I was like, dude, I don't know if she's going to be able to do-. She was going to play music into And she hardly played any music at all She did an hour and a half It was crazy, just because the heckling People were so rude, dude They were so rude I can't stand it's so weird that people Don't know I don't know I mean they were Like crazy people for for sure never Been to a comedy show And they don't know like their idea Of like a live event is something they saw on an episode Of NCIS like they don't know What it's like to be in public They might have like a bar that's got like a jukebox That's like it That's like they don't there's like You know they don't know anything they saw a band once That's the story they'll tell like you know I saw a band once they're like, who was it? He's like, ah, it was you know, Aerosmith, maybe. Not Aerosmith. It was like some somebody's brother's band. <laughs> the brothers. <laughs> oh, dude. Anyway, these people, I hate. See, I was talking about I got to stop hating. I got to stop judging other people, dude. It's fun to judge these people, though. I don't like them. Because they're uh, intelligence level. And that is the major. That is the thing. And I'm I'm not confident to say that, and I won't stand on heavy ground, thinking that that's the right thing. But that's how I feel, and I always fight how I feel. So it's not like that's going to be different. I'm always fight. When are you not fighting? I don't think anybody is not always fighting how they're feeling, you know. So like how you feel about what you're doing, you got to fight it. Whatever you're doing, fight it every day. Never grow comfortable. Never get complacent. Always keep working. Just make it a motivational thing. Never stop trying and always give your best. Always 110%. And never stop not doing it. (laughs) Anyway, dude. Oh, I did want to talk about... Oh, I didn't talk about the fight. At the front of the show, there was a fight of eight lesbians. Or seven lesbians and one man. I should be specific. So, at the end of the show, kind of towards when she should... She was already 25 minutes over time and at the front i gotta stop laughing i gotta there's plosives with this new microphone that last one was a very forgiving with my with the laughing the lesbians in the front there was one table right in the middle that had been yelling out for the whole show yelling out constantly and disrupting her they were the main ones that were talking to her they couldn't let it go and normally you would just like You know, you would get it. You're like, I'm disrupting the show. It's a sold out show for all these people. And you're like taking it over and ruining a ticketed event for all these people. It's like insanity. So the people next to them, I guess, were beefing with them. And she, the person on stage, it it called it out a couple times. I didn't know what was going on or who she was talking about. And then all of a sudden towards the end, like 25 minutes over the time, Everybody stands up in the front, like all eight of these people and one guy, the one guy stands up and he goes, that's it. I'm done. And he was with the table of people that were being pieces of shit. And I think he was embarrassed that they had been talking the whole time. He got it. And he was embarrassed about these drunk friends. And he was like, I'm done with you guys. I can't. I'm out. And he like got up and left and he went to find somebody and he was like demanding that he can pay for his what he ordered. And meanwhile, the three that were left in his group were fighting with the four others, and they were, like, about to go to blows. So I walked up. I was there, like, immediately, but I definitely didn't run. I was, like, very far away upstairs, and I, like, was there immediately, and I went up to these lesbians, and I said, hey, I don't know what's going on, but everybody's out (laughs) of here. I didn't say it just like that, but I walked up, and I said... Everybody, we all gotta go. And the 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 four of them were like, "Hey, we didn't do anything. We didn't." They threw a drink. I said, "Hey, I don't know what's going on. You're all out of here right now. We can't do this in the front of the show. that's 25 minutes over already. That we I gotta go home. I got I got I got podcasting to do. You know, I got stuff going on. So." I get the I get the four people out in the front. They say, "Hey, those people that were yelling out the whole time, they threw a drink on us. They threw a drink on us. we we said we told them to shut up, and they took their drink and they threw it on one of us." And I said, "Okay, that might be true, but I don't know what's good." The other ones, you, they went out the back door. They went the other way. I said, "Before we go back inside, my manager is dealing with the other people, and I." I can't let you back in. I just threw you out. (laughs) So I was like, that's essentially was my stance was like, I just made you leave and I don't know what's going on. And I'm not really like a decision-making guy. And I've made this decision. So I can't just go making a second decision right now. So I went and found my boss. He's just arguing with the, the, the drunk people. I knew that these people were telling the truth by when I saw how the other people were acting. One of them was yelling that she's a bartender The other one was yelling that she's been here a million times, that she loves the person that was on stage, and that they were having a great time, that she loved them, that they were having so much fun, and she loved what they were doing. It was like a great show, and they were insane people. So while this is happening, groups out front and out back, the person on stage Is like, oh, now it's weird up here with all these empty seats in the front. Who wants to come sit in the front? People descend from all over the place running, take all the seats in the front. There were people, two people sitting on the ground, which is disgusting. That carpet got AIDS, dude. I would never. I mean, I used to do push-ups on the carpet upstairs right by where there's nothing that really happens. But where there was food and drink, dude, on that carpet, get out of town, buddy. Do not put your skin like whatever. You know, when they do those allergy tests where they prick your arm and all those places, that'll just happen to the surface of your skin where you touch and they all bumps, dude. The numbers too, the Sharpies anyway. So their seats get taken. The other people are gone. The three people, they get kicked out. But the other people, the four other ladies, they're going to get to come back in. And they don't have seats in the front row anymore. And they did nothing. They got a drink thrown on them. Got the show ruined. Got embarrassed. Got thrown out for not doing anything really. And uh, so we went up there. We told all those people that took their seats. We said, hey, you got to go. Now we're kicking you out <laughs> of your seats. And we're putting the lesbians back in their seats. And honestly, there could have been lesbians. All There were so many lesbians here. There could have been lesbians in the other the third group that were moved. So everybody takes their seats. Everybody's accounted for. And she keeps keeps going over time. We kept doing more show. And there was no such... At one point before that, she had said, I don't even have anything else. I'm just kind of hanging. I'm just kind of riffing it now. And I was like... And honestly, she didn't do horrible. I mean, to go up there and do an hour and a half the first time you're on stage. And I mean, she was... She got overwhelmed by the hecklers. She shouldn't have been in a situation where a DJ opened for her. It should have been something where she had a good opening, and it wasn't the DJ's fault, hey, this is DJ Slim McGraw we're talking about too, he's like my hero, look up DJ Slim McGraw on Facebook, I'm sure he's on there, uh, that he, the well, all you need to know about him, he mashed up uh, Footloose, Cotton Eye Joe, and the Move It, Move It song, so I mean, that's how you know the guy is really throwing it down, it's like a real, it's like a real hip-hop DJ, I think you'd say, anyway, man, that's what happened with the the lesbian fight So the, they were Whatever They didn't get mad at me I just told them Hey I'm doing my job And then the other people left And then uh, It was just a hellish week Of crazy weird shows And weird people 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 not uh, You gotta ask people To wear their mask And shit inside And people don't These are people From the places That don't like doing it <laughs> So they don't uh, They don't Respond well To just, just like The big ask of, of, of just Hey put this thing Once you sit down And get a drink man Please so I cannot, so that if someone calls the health department and the police and complains on us, that I won't lose my job. That's all I want. We we I literally me and another guy we had to tell someone that today they were being so refusing of the the mask thing. We were just like, hey man, we were closed. <laughs> we went into like or we were orphans. We're like, hey man, we we were closed for months. And this is, like, so frustrating to have to do this so many times in one day. We did three shows today. And, like, all these people, you're towards the back end of the last group of people. And I've had to ask so many people to do this already, and you're, like, refusing. You're just, And they weren't even refusing. This is what they were doing. I would say, I would say, oh guys, hey, when you're inside and you're standing up, you just got to wear a mask, okay, when you're not at your table. And they go, okay. And then they just stood there. Right, and I go, oh, do you? And this is, I'm no slouch, bro. I'm pretty decent at the job. Okay, I gotta got a lot of good tricks. I go, oh, do you guys have masks? (laughs) I say, I said, do you guys have masks? After I ask them, so I'm like, you guys wear your mask while you're standing inside. They go, okay. They don't move. Four people, two couples. Middle aged. They go, I go, oh, do you not have masks? Do you have masks? I say, nice. And they they go, oh, we got them. And then one person pulls out a mask and holds it, but does not put it on. And then we stand there again. I'll go, oh, guys, it's cool. We'll get you your seats. You just got to put your mask on before you walk through the door, just while you're standing. And they go, oh, okay, good. And then one lady maybe puts them on. Another starts pulling it out of her bag or looking like she's looking for one. And they have a bunch of people behind them. I think they just think we're going to let them in and do it. But I'm, like, pretty obstinate to just, like, whatever the rule is. If the rule is like, hey, take out your cell phone and we got to uh, make sure it's on silent or let me see, I got to see your IDs. If it's a rule I got to do, if somebody at work asks me to do something, I'm going to treat it like it's important. Like I can't stand to do a job. No, I, it's even more like it belittles me to when somebody goes, hey, this is your job and you got to do it. And then. They don't even really expect me to do what they're asking me, and then I don't have to expect myself to do it either. Like I, I, I have to have some semblance of like what you're doing is important. I don't have to run the shit like it's the navy, but I do. Uh, I do need like to take it a little bit seriously. So it, and if you're gonna break the rules of my job that I have to take seriously, then I'm gonna it, I'm gonna make it weird. Not weird, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you do it. I think. And normally it works out that way. These people, they were not having it, and we did. We had to straight up like level with them, like, "Hey, bro, we're do it's like this because of our jobs, man. We are enforcing the communist. Th- these people think we're communists. They're like these young people. They're just gonna let them come right into their house and take their guns and and you know butt plugs or whatever communists do. And I might do the last part, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. There was a a lady today, her last name was Marks with an X and I wanted, (laughs) her name was like Sarah Marks. And I wanted to be like, I wanted to make a joke so bad. Be like, like Carl, like Carl Marks. But people don't, what I have found is people don't like when you make fun of their names and they're strangers. So, um, I try not to do that, but that's, what's been going on with work lately, man. And, uh, I do want to do some fun stuff. Uh before I do this shit with Twitter, I I do want to say this week I did something I never thought. I bought I'm a Nike slides guy now. I don't know if um if you guys can see the Nike slides. If you're a video listener, which you should be, I'm only going to be putting out a couple episodes at a time on the audio platform. So you're probably going to get like two episodes on Spotify or iTunes, and then they're going to be gone. You can find them all on YouTube forever. So if you listen to an episode that comes out one week, and then you maybe didn't get to finish it or you want to listen to it again, it's uh, all going to be on YouTube for forever. And you can always go to youtube.com slash my room, and that's going to be where you find uh the podcast just uh, you know my room with david chastain on youtube but uh so i got the nike slides and i wear them all the time now it's kind of like i'm never in the house without shoes on anymore i never like when i'm going out and i'm not at work if i go out for lunch it's summertime now it's spring and shit i mean it's spring but in Nashville, it's already 86 degrees. It's like insanity. So like every day, it's like a rainstorm, humidity, or it's like 80s. It's like we we miss the spring completely. So I'm wearing the slides everywhere. I wear them in the house. They're, they're like my house shoes now. I, I understand why old people do a house shoes. It's very comfortable. And uh, so I was the other day, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. I go, and a lot of time, I'll be honest, I'll do a sit-down pee because there's too many errors that happen. With the distance, where you got to do the, you know, there's cl- the you pee on the toilet. You got to do stuff. There's just all manner of things. You, with the sit down, you don't have to worry about it. So I will do a sit down pee a lot. Did, did, on this particular day, I did not. So I'm standing and you know, I'm standing, and I start to do a pee, and I'm pee, and I do my job this time. I'm looking, I've learned a lesson of a lot of times where you're not looking, you're not being fully observant. You get too comfortable, you get cocky. So I'm looking, and I'm peeing, and then I look away. <laughs> and I was starting and I and I'm just I'm just thinking I'm looking straight ahead I'm not even thinking about looking away I'm just like looking off I'm just thinking whatever and then all, all of a sudden I feel what feels like vib like a vibration in the my foot my left foot like a weird I never felt, felt this feeling vibrating and I was like oh no that's so I looked at it, expecting it to be like a spider bite or like an I was like in my mind immediately, I was like, while my eyes were tracking down to my foot, I was like, don't panic. Because if it's an insect or something or a snake or an animal, something, because you're peeing and you're going to pee everywhere if you panic. If you move, you jump, whatever, you're not going to be able to stop peeing at the second that you're going to jump. So don't panic. Just chill. Maybe move your foot away, but try to keep the pee stream. I look at my foot and there's pee in like a Y happening. Which I've seen before happen. But normally that would happen when you start peeing. Like right when you start. So I started peeing. I peed for for a fair amount of time. No split. No split stream. (laughs) So... I was at vibration of the foot. I look, I track down split, full split stream. One's still going in the toilet straight, but the one's going way off on its own. It just pee is going everywhere, dude. And it was one of the most uncomfortable adult experiences of my life to have to have that happen. And honestly, it didn't get on any surface. It almost got on no surface floor toilet or otherwise almost entirely on my pants and my, my slides and my socks. <laughs> and it was, Horrifying! I wish there would have been a snake there. I wish a snake would have bit my foot. That would have been far more. But I think everybody's got. Dude, there were plenty of times where I. I think I remember every time I made an error peeing. Every time I think once, I was at a friend's house in their subdivision, which was kind of near my house, and we were outside doing stuff. We were about to walk and go somewhere to some other buddies, some some guy in the subdivision, and I peed outside. I was peeing and I wasn't paying attention and I think the bottom of my shirt was down or something or I just wasn't paying attention. I peed like all over the front of my like basketball shorts. Like somehow something got and it hit and it was hitting something and peed all over like, and I was like Navy or black basketball shorts and I had no options. I had nothing I could do. So I had to like, it was warm outside and shit. So I just was like, thank, I was almost thankful that we had a long walk to get to where we were going. And my fucking pee shorts dried. It was one like that was such an affecting dude experience. The anxiety of like any point in the rest of this time before I can change and get back to my house, somebody might know that I have pissed all over myself, and there was nothing to be done except to maybe bail on everybody and just go home, which I could have done. But I had more anxiety to be like that. I I knew I was like, why would I leave? What would I do? Just run on? Like I would never do that. And then the other times, I think uh, one time I was at this. This is crazy. Two at the same guys. It wasn't the same house, but it was his parents' house. He's divorced parents. So that was at his mom's house where she lived with her parents, his grandparents. And his dad's house, maybe around the same time in the winter, we were playing out in the snow on a golf course that they lived next door to. Sledding, snowball fights, kid shit. I come into the basement, I go in the bathroom to pee. And I didn't look at all. I just pull, I I just start peeing. What happened what happened was my child penis was so cold it got very small and the whole head of my penis was inside of the, the skin part of it. And when I peed. The pee just went all over the bathroom. All over this guy's bathroom. Which is carpeted. <laughs> which is you never do a carpeted bathroom. And I was so panicked. I was like. This is a bathroom. I was like. Everybody's going to be." I didn't know what to do. I just, And I just left it. I just walked out. Because I didn't pee all over myself. And then there was a third time. I think I was at school. Or something. Where my jeans flap was. I wasn't holding it back. I folded it to the side and started peeing and on its own while it like it folded back into and it pee on my, where the button and the flap is on your jeans. That's like three or four pee mistakes right there. I remember them all. Horrific memories, dude. That It's like, those are the ones, it's cause it's like gross. It's like, there, there's a story I always remember about a kid uh, from my middle school and it makes me feel better about my stories, <laughs> but he was in class one, one day, sixth grade. He's in class, and he's, like, the person that told me this story killed it. They were, like, he was in his chair, and he's, like, doing, like, this, like, with his shirt. And he's, like, acting really uncomfortable and shit. And he, I mean, he, like, raises his, the teacher wouldn't call on him or something. Or maybe he was just being weird. He wasn't raising his hand. And he finally, like, raises his hand. And he's, like, can I go to the bathroom or whatever? And she goes, yeah. So he goes to the bathroom, leaves. He walks back in. You know, like six seconds later, he walks out of the room, walks right back in, and he looks at everybody. He goes, "I didn't make it," <laughs> and the class erupted in laughter. They went insane. He he goes, he, he's like this. He's like, uh, 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 "Can I go to the bathroom?" Uh, yeah, and he walks out, walks back in. Everybody's doing work. I didn't make it. Crazy crazy response it killed like that's like a that's like you couldn't write something like that that kid I felt so bad for him in school dude I was very nice to that kid we had a gym class together and I uh he was like taller than everybody and longer than everybody too so I like I Started teaching him a little bit of basketball, and he was kind of, like, bullying everybody underneath the rim. I just kind of—everybody else sucked at basketball that was in that class. They didn't know how to play. They just wanted to, like, shoot three-pointers and shoot jump shots. And they didn't know how to play defense. They didn't know how to play under the rim. So I would just, like, kind of showed him how he can stand with his back to the rim and catch the ball and then turn and just put it in. And we would, and we would slot everybody in basketball. And it's kind of hard to bully— somebody when they're kicking your ass in basketball, which I kind of recognized. And I kind of wanted to... I, and I also told him, I was like, in, in our school there's not a lot of tall kids. You should try out for the basketball team and just see if you make it. Because there's... The 6th grade team was not very good. or they, I guess we were in the 7th grade at that time. The 7th grade team. I mean, they're not... And there's nobody that's that tall. They'd probably take you just to be on the court and just to be for, to, in practice and shit. I bet they would do it. And he... Dude, these people in the public school system that he was around, dude, they diminished his self-worth so much that he just didn't. The people that were on the basketball team, I, I think he didn't think he could be around them. He, like, he didn't. He was like, I'm not that. Like, that club. It's like a cl- It was like a club to him, like a class of people. And he was like, didn't see himself in that group, I think. Which sucked. Because it could have, uh, I don't know. He grew up to be a little bit weird, I think. But, <laughs> but uh, it could have changed. It could have been different. Some people you look at though then that you knew then and it's like you were maybe you were destined to be weird like I, I don't know who these people are now I don't know that's what's interesting about the social media thing a lot of people have Facebook they have social media but they don't have like posting pictures of themselves all the time because maybe they're not like happy about like they don't want to post pictures of themselves for people to say well, what are they going to in their mind they're posting what for people to see what you know which is like cr- sad to think about and here here I, here I go judging again here i go judging again looking down on people i bet they're living perfectly fine happy lives i bet that they're invested in bitcoin and i bet they you know have nfts i bet they have a lot of i bet they live in a non-fungible token within real estate that they bought online i bet that's how successful they are so i mean fuck me i don't own. i don't own real property or digital property i i bought an iphone yesterday and it was supposed to be here in the mail and they didn't show up so You know, I think they put my dead stepdad's email on the shipping confirmation stuff. So that'll be fun. You know, University of Charleston, West Virginia Pharmacy School. If I can get access to that email account, that would be cool. I would very much enjoy that. Anyway, folks, I think that's going to be it for the episode. I think we did a good thing. We're going to do some stuff uh, where we start reading Jose Canseco's tweets next week. He's Mr. 4040, a two-time World Series champion, six-time All-Star. And he also thinks that he is about the same as Bigfoot, and he's a delusional uh, black belt in Taekwondo, and Kung Fu, and uh, and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So it's gonna be fun to start going through his tweets and, and all the fun stuff he talks about. Also, if you want to get an autograph from Jose Canseco, you can see him at Happy Car Wash, <laughs> Jose Canseco's Car Wash on Wednesdays between five and 6 p.m., and he'll be hanging out dancing and signing autographs for you, and he loves his car wash. Don't forget to get gas, and of course, uh, a car wash, so. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait to get into those like psycho stuff. I'm kind of sad we ran out of time today. Uh, and then, uh, folks, as always, you know, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, make sure that you like it, and, and all that good stuff. We want you to share it so that people know what we got going on here. This was a good episode, and I had a lot of fun. I think I got on a good story. I hardly talked about anything I wanted to talk about, and and that was good. I got into a lot of good, fun old stories. So if you enjoyed yourself, please share it. Put it on social media. Put it on Twitter, and, and just tell people you had a good time. Do a rate and review on iTunes if you're on there. That's important. I got, like, no ratings on the Apple Podcast app. So if you're listening on there... Review it, please. Leave me a five-star rating or whatever you think I deserve. But don't rate it low because then I just wish you wouldn't have done it at all. Five stars or nothing. So thanks again for coming out. Come back and listen to us next week. I'm David Chastain. I'm out.